When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Cricket Podcast. I think it was a disgraceful performance and I think it should never be permitted to happen again. Hello and welcome to the Cricket Podcast. On today's show, we'll be reviewing New Zealand's demolition of England, who put one of their top 10 performances of 2021 on the board. Uh, I'm Ross Legg, and we are blessed with the presence of Max Rowe-Brown. Hello, Max. Hello, Ross. Uh, thank you very much. It's, uh, it's great to be here. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right, actually, mate. I'm all right. Um, I, uh, I'm feeling... I've recovered now from my uh, from my exploits at Edgebaston, so um, I'm feeling uh, much oh, better yeah. than I was. How many pints was it in the end? Uh, far too many. Far too many. <laughs> um, I think at some point we must have lost count. Um, <laughs> but back to the show and not my alcoholism. Uh, tomorrow we will be going live with a preview of the World Test Championship final between India and New Zealand. Um, and we'll be going at some point in the evening. Check our Twitter at the Cricket Pod for more information. Um, but we're going on our YouTube channel. Um, but this show is all going to be focused around what went well, what went badly, and who was to blame, as well as what can be done um, in terms of England and uh, New Zealand. Max, as always, let's start with a question. Is it true you threw a temper tantrum after getting out on Saturday? <laughs> uh, yes, yes, that is uh, absolutely true, Ross. Um, I'm happy to admit that I behaved like an absolute child. Um, and you would too if you'd got out in the way that I did because I was middling everything and then I clothed uh, a knee-high leg-side full toss to uh, to a man at mid-wicket. I think it hit my bat twice as well when I when I swung at it, so it was just... It was appalling. It was absolutely appalling. Yeah. I mean, if I, there was never a better chance for me to, to rack up three figures than there was, I think, on Saturday, and I just saw it all slip away. Oh, uh, so I, uh, yeah, I can. I used to be like that, Max, but now I've grown up, and um... I thought I had. Yeah, well, what can you talk me through the tantrum? Was it a helmet being thrown? Were you smashing a chair to bits? What, what was the? Uh, so, um, well, obviously my bat's lovely, so I, I treated that with a lot of respect, actually, and put that down calmly. But it was mostly the helmet. I ripped the helmet off, threw it on the floor, and then booted it across the field about <laughs> nice. thirty yards. Um, obviously, the Euros had got into my system, so 
Well, uh, that is uh, that is one way to uh, do it. And uh, Max, you mentioned that um, you've got a great cricket bat, and uh, that is because we are sponsored by Woodstock Cricket. Uh, if you need a cricket bat, um, go into the show notes, and there is a discount code um, that you can use for that. Um, couldn't recommend them any higher. The bats are absolutely brilliant, and that is backed up by the Cricketer Magazine, who rated it what number one and number two um, in oh. their best bats uh, in the UK. Um, you should also like this video, subscribe to our channel, and follow us at the Cricket Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, for those of you who have signed up to be a Patreon member or a YouTube channel membership, thank you ever so much. We really appreciate it. Um, so shout outs to the likes of Sean, VJ, James, and Gopal who have all done that recently. Um, Max, let's uh, get on with the show. So uh, can we have a bit of a game summary for New Zealand versus England, please? We sure can. Um, yes, England England, and New Zealand took to the field in Edgbaston in front of uh, a healthy crowd and Ross. Um, and that, that crowd needed all the creativity they could muster to maintain good spirits in the face of England's latest failure. On the back of refusing to participate in the final throws of the first test, New Zealand decided they would take matters into their own hands and ensure this one ended in a result. Winning the toss and batting, things started out fairly positively for England. Uh, Burns again in the runs, uh, but the frail middle order soon reared its ugly head and it was left to Dan Lawrence to salvage a reasonable first inning score alongside the uh, diplodocus length tail that England had presented uh, for, for the game. Um, and in reply, New Zealand made a, a bit of a mockery of England's total and um, marched their way to being the first side to have three batters in their top four, uh, dismissed between scores of 80 and 82, which was a, a wonderful statistical squirt statistical quirk which is a difficult word to get out of your mouth um, and it was only a late fight back from England's bowlers that restricted New Zealand to a total that would actually allow them to bat for a second time because uh, as it was when England got their second chance they completely collapsed like a, a wet flan and uh, the largest cheer of the day belonged to James Bracey's first test match run at the third attempt with only the wagging tail avoiding the ignominy of an innings defeat despite only um, only conceding a deficit of 85 in the, in, in the first innings. So yeah, it was pretty bad, wasn't it, Ross? Yeah, and I, uh, I watched Will Young and Devin Conway for, I think, five and a half hours. Uh, we didn't look like we were going to take their wicket at all, and it only took Devin Conway getting himself out to make that break. Absolutely hooning one to deep square leg. Yeah, it was really quite... I simple. assume he reacted like I did when he got out. Yeah, he, his, he was a full head, head in the air. And you could see, just like, don't do this crowd. <laughs> I just walked off, kind of just in a big old sulk, bless him. Because, yeah, another three figures were up for um, kind of what the, the man who is in the middle of a purple patch like no other purple patch, isn't he, really? From kind of ODI cricket, T20 cricket to uh, the kind of games he's playing at the moment in his double century. It's fantastic. Um, Max, let's start at team selection. Um, I mean, as you mentioned, and I mentioned, I was there on Friday and I was pretty devastated when I saw the New Zealand lineup because they'd made six changes to the side. Mm. Um, no Kane Williamson, no Tim Southie, no BJ Watling, Mitchell Santner, um, Jameson and the legend that is de Grandhom. I mean, if you take out that uh, out of any team and uh, I mean, Santner, maybe not, uh, <laughs> But that is a that, that is a depleted side. You're looking at a, what a, a second. That's a definitely a second team, maybe a third team for the New Zealand kind of put out. Is that is that about right? 
I don't think that might be a little bit harsh. I mean, we had Trent Bolt coming back in, who's you know one of their one of their finest bowlers. Um, they still had Neil Wagner, who's taken piles and piles of wickets for New Zealand. Matt Henry, who you know has has played plenty of uh, Test cricket before, and you know not not had the best record, but uh, clearly has a lot of uh, ability, and was only really ended up falling out of the team because Carl Jameson came in and started being a freak so uh they still had they still had plenty there and you sort of you're looking at the you got you got uh blundell who came in for bj watling he's going to be in the team for the foreseeable because obviously he's retiring so i i think i think uh, calling it a second or third string is uh, a little harsh but certainly missing some big names you know you think kane williamson is and uh and tim Southey would probably be the two wouldn't you that uh mike might have given england's uh fans and players a bit of hope that maybe uh, maybe we could do something. <laughs> well, I think uh, what, what I found interesting about this is that um, they, they've just got a, a really... It's, it's almost like the England white ball team is how I can compare this. They've got they're such a good unit. I mean, the New Zealand white ball team is amazing as well. They've managed to cultivate an environment where white ball cricket is just as good as their red ball cricket, which is which is pretty amazing. Um, they might go one step further than the, what they did in the World Cup uh, against India. Who knows? Um, but it, what I really... What I really respect about it is that they can look to give players rest um, in a in a way in which their team stays competitive. They can galvanise competition um, within their ranks, and like the people stand up to be counted in that. Right? Like uh, like Henry, for example, he's given himself a good chance of being in that side. Like there is a there is a there is a call to make. He might not make it, but there is a call to make now because he took six wickets in this match. And when you do that, coming to the side and seize that opportunity, it's great to see. Um, England, on the other hand, I mean, Max, there's supposed to be a big plan that um, we're not all privy to. And I mean, Nasser Hussein kind of ripped into the England batters, which was absolutely hilarious to to watch and listen to. Um, Do we think there is a big brain plan that we're not seeing? I mean, we used to be able to joke about Ed Smith coming up with this, but I'm not so sure anymore. I mean, is this the Joe Root and Chris Silverwood show and we're we're rolling into funny town? What's, What's going on? Um, so, what, are, we, are we talking about um, the the batting batting selections here, or I think the whole team? I mean, ja- the whole team, just here. the general selection. I mean, we had yeah. what, Ollie Stone came in for um, racist Robinson, um, who, which I don't think that superhero name's going to catch on anytime soon. <laughs> um, but there, yeah, there was no Jack Leach, which I think surprised quite a few people. And... That was that was very puzzling for from my point of view, especially given the. Um, Sort of the the preamble where they'd brought in Don Bess into the squad. I mean, like, oh well, if we you know if we play a spinner, we we need to have a spinner as a backup in case something goes wrong. So uh, so we're probably going to play Jack Leach, and then and then they didn't. And I I I could forgive I forgave that against Lords because I think it it made sense not to pick Jack Leach. You know, Lords isn't traditionally um, particularly favourable to to spin, and I and I think um, going with an all seam attack there was was fine and also there was the aspect of you know having Robinson in there who can bat a bit to try and uh, shorten the tail a bit but um, I didn't make any sense at Edgerton I mean on the first hand you've got it's a bit more spin friendly it was a dry it was yeah it was quite a quite a dry flat pitch in the end as well so uh, you'd think that maybe you'd have a bit of a you know a bit of an inside track on what what might you might be playing on and then go oh yeah well maybe we'll uh, We'll play a we'll play a spinner for that. But the the thing that really confused me about that is the fact that we then played Ollie Stone and Mark Wood. You know, 
if they'd brought in Overton, you'd be like, okay, they've done that. I don't agree with it, but they've done it because they want someone who can bat. But they've gone with a long tail anyway, and basically four bowlers who bowl two things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was. It was just. I yeah. It was perplexing. It's, it's, it's a bit strange, and I think there's, there's really contrast, a real contrast that we can kind of highlight here. So New Zealand, their IPL players were involved. Um, England's weren't, and they they, they they want to rest people. I mean, Joe Root, as Red Bull captain, has been sold down the river. Been kind of, I mean, COVID is bad enough, but when it comes to being England captain, he has not had a first team to choose from um, because, rightly so, I think players' welfare should come into it. But also, England's squad planning has been pretty terrible. Like they're taking Chris Wokes to, for all the test matches and they're just not playing him and then mm. missing him. Like he would have, he would have been in the team today, right? He would be playing at his home, well, not today at this test match at his home ground. Offers a bit with the bat. Hit a century last year. Um, he's Chris Wokes. Like he'd be in the side. Um, as you say, the spinner uh, missing out. Um, England not not going with one. And I think uh, because we're resting key players, it unbalances the squad a little bit, um, which caused no spinner. New Zealand tend to pick kind of established players from, from obviously New Zealand from their kind of de- domestic setup, right? They're, they're Devon Conway's come in. He's what I think he's twenty nine. Will Young's coming in playing his second or third Test match, and he's twenty eight. Um, we're giving Zach Crawley, James Bracey, um, kind, of, kind of runs in the team, which is admirable, but is it the right thing to be doing? Um, and as you say. We've we picked a pretty samey bowling lineup, whereas New Zealand challenged all, all round the park. They had the left arm of Wagner. They had a bit of pace, um, kind of, and they had some real discipline in that side. And they always have a medium pacer who <laughs> goes for fuck all runs. <laughs> it's just it's just it's it's very frustrating. Um, what do you think about England's like? So you you touched upon the batting lineup, Max. Where do you think we got that right, or well, where, where we got it wrong? <laughs> um. I I, th- I think I mean we you can't really just look at this in like uh, in isolation. I think just you know there's a whole lot more around it that you kind of have to dig into. I mean obviously we are missing uh, Butler and Stokes. That's two two huge players to not have in your lineup, and that goes back to the point about not picking the guys who were at the IPL. I don't mind that to be honest. Like uh, you know you can trust it with uh, New Zealand who who did. Um, did have some of those guys in, um, notably Bolton Jameson. Jameson only played one of those games. Bolt kind of had to force his way into the into playing anyway because he saw his place on the line, which was it's just an absolutely ridiculous concept, I think, for for him not to be uh, in contention if he didn't play. But um, you know, he took that into his uh, own hands, and they're sort of they're at a different kind of stage of um, of what they're trying to get to, aren't they? We're we're sort of at the end of one long tour away, the IPL, the Sri Lanka tour, where there's been a lot of bubble stuff going on, and at the very beginning of the next bit. And this sort of series sits in somewhere that's not particularly uh, key. So I I don't mind them sitting sitting this out and then coming back as we sort of ramp up for the India series and the, the Ashes, which I suppose is the the um the pinnacle of the of the year, supposedly. So we are so we're told. So I think I think comparing it on those those on those grounds it's sort of maybe not fair because yeah there are two the two teams at different places mm-hmm. in their their cycle of cricket I suppose but um what I don't quite get is just what 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 the reasons are for the players that 
England have picked in the batting. Like, and, and I'm thinking here of um, probably mainly Zach Crawley, Dan Lawrence, and James Bracey. Right. So I've I've done a little bit of uh, looking into like some of the some of the the data, and there's an interesting piece on um, on a on a, a blog called Red Bull Data, which kind of basically rated uh, all the county cricketers and gave them sort of a weighted average which was based on the level they were playing at. So Division 2, Division 1 in the county championship and then Test Cricket. And then also weighted it slightly towards recent performances to account for like age impacts mm-hmm. up to the end of 2019, which is around like the time that these guys are being picked. And so if you've got... like There's, there's two sort of clear distinctions, really. You've got the likes of Sibley, Burns and Pope, who completely justified their decision based on, on the, the numbers. You know, they are performing far ahead, basically, of most other players in the county circuit and you can see that just from the raw numbers you don't need to look into that like you dig into that too much more and I think that sort of shows in you know Burns has played well Pope has played well at looked, the Oval. looked good but has this clearly has a sort of uh an issue doesn't he with the ball that nips back in and that's the kind of thing where you want maybe you think all right well let's try and work on something and you want to give them a bit of help to get there but you know you can see why they've been picked. That's that's the what I'm getting at. Where when it comes to the other three, you've got um like I think the one who for me looks the most like he uh, has a has a place in the in the side and has, has some abilities, Dan Lawrence, and he sort of squeaks into the top fifty of, of this list. Um obviously there's a lot of overseas players and, you know, international players in there. So that's not that's not too bad. Like he's He's clearly uh, there or thereabouts, so that that's uh, that's fine. James Bracey doesn't really feature there because he's so young. You know, it's it's you can't hard to tell. But um, I was confused about why he was picked because we lost a genuine wicketkeeper and we brought in uh, a batsman who kind of keeps a bit, but not much. If you're going to do that, just give Ollie Pope the gloves. Like <laughs> he keeps probably as well as James Bracey, maybe better, I don't know, and then Brink, but yeah, that's that's uh, by the by. I mean, the, the really weird one could, for me He couldn't get corner. much, like, watching Bracey, and uh, when you're, when you're, when you're even, like, even on the TV, I mean, we were sitting watching Bracey keep in the stand, and the amount of times he would just hit his glove and go on the floor, and I'm just like, I mean, the basic is just catching the ball here, mate. Like, you're, uh, Max, you're, you're a you're a thoroughbred yeah. wicketkeeper. Um, <laughs> that must have been frustrating for you. It was, uh, yeah. It made me feel better about myself. I'll, I'll say that much. But it just, it just didn't look right. Like his his setup doesn't look right. Mm. I think it's sort of the wide stance he's got. It just make, makes him a little bit unbalanced when he's actually got getting to the point of uh, of of catching the ball. And um, I mean, yeah, apparently he's been he's been like sort of taking. Um, Taking inspiration from Ben Folks and really trying to work on his wicketkeeping and becoming a good wicketkeeper, which is great. But uh, yeah, more more to be done there, maybe. And um, and unfortunately, he didn't justify his inclusion on the batting. But he's had three goes at it, so uh, and he's what twenty three. So I don't I don't think we can read much into it. It's 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 Zach Crawley that really confuses me about his inclusion and why he was in there in the first place. Like, uh. I mean, what I would say is that we're now a far cry from the days of England, the dark days of England trying someone for five minutes and jettisoning them into space and never hearing from them again. That's mm. gone. And it's great that they've, if they're going to decide someone can do it, that they're going to get a proper go at it. I just want to know why Zach Crawley was the one they chose. Like, based on the sort of this analysis I was looking at, he is so far down the pecking order. Like, we are, we are behind... 
familiarly overlooked names. We're like we're talking James Hildreth, Sam Northeast, uh, you got Ben Brown at Sussex. All of those performing way better over the last like five years or so. You've got tried and tested names who've been uh, discarded: David Milan, Gary Balance, Joe Denley, all performing way better. And then some other alternatives sort of around now. You've got um, some of the sort of mid-twenties guys in like Sam Hain. Uh, there's Joe Clark, who obviously there was there was that thing. Yeah, but, yeah I'm, not uh, sure. I'm not sure he's going to play. Probably not, probably not, not now. <laughs> and, uh, and Will Rhodes as well, who uh, who can bowl. Like, they, could have, they could have picked him as a bowler <laughs> instead of um, who, who bats instead of having like James Bracey in there to bat seven, who bats at three and isn't that much of a keeper. Like, I just... I, I, that's a, there's a lack of transparency for me. That's, that's what, what I don't understand. And, uh, and I think that's why it becomes quite difficult as like a fan or even, or a pundit to make ex- explanations for these things. Cause it's not that clear. Like there's all this stuff about, you know, England's partnership with Crickviz and all the data and things. And you just, when you look at the data that's available to us, Nothing. It doesn't add up. So you just like I. I don't know. I want to know why these things are happening. And I. I agree on that front. So I mean, before we before uh, the test match, we did a preview, right? And I looked at kind of Zach Crawley's stats. And I know you don't take out the two hundred and sixty-seven he scored, but his highest score in the last twelve innings is seventeen. Like you're number three. That means you. You might as well just. Do you know what? Don't bother batting, mate. Joe Root in you come. Or just put Joe. Yeah. Just put Joe Root at three. I know he doesn't want to do it, etc. But Zach Crawley is not fulfilling the role that he needs to for England. Um, and there is a lot of people out there going, oh, Crawley's got a bit about him. Like, There's no way you smash the Pakistani bowling lineup all over the place. And the 50 that he scored, I think it was against South Africa. It's like, great, but there is a thing around form. There is a thing about confidence. And there just is a bit of, yeah, I agree with this, just that opaqueness to what is actually going oh. on in this selection policy. I mean, when we've had Dan Weston on the show kind of talking about they England say they are a data-driven team and they, they, they support it. I'm not sure what data they're using. But well, that's it, isn't it? Maybe it's like anonymized data. You know, like on Pro Evolution Soccer where you had all the different names. Maybe, yeah. they, maybe they've just done that and they're just trying to guess, oh, is, is James Bracey actually... <laughs> John, yeah. John Borsi, I don't know which one are we trying to pick here. <laughs> this this Oscar Pipe bloke looks good, <laughs> but I just yeah I agree. It just doesn't seem to make sense. Um, what we shouldn't diminish is how good New Zealand were. I think yeah. we said at the top of the show that uh, they made six changes, but actually that that team looked brilliant. They they had a they they were really disciplined with the bat and the ball. They got more out of the pitch um, than England did. Um, because of probably the variety that they had, they bowled a little bit fuller as well. Um, and we talked in the, one of the previous podcasts about movement in the air versus movement off the pitch. And actually, mm. they were getting both this time. They'd clearly gone away, done their homework, and be like, right, this is what we're trying to do. And they didn't drop a boatload of catches. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they well, they've got the the highest percentage of slip catches taken in this uh, World Test Championship, and uh, that. Well, I don't know if you have heard of any idioms or sort of sayings in cricket, uh, Ross, that, that kind of uh, give you an indication of what catches do to, to results. Yeah, eat, uh, eat biscuits when you take wickets. That's what I kind of go for. Yes, yeah, something, something like that. Oh, no, That's why you're so trim these days. Catches win matches, I believe, is uh, what you're looking for. Yeah, I mean, and, and, I mean that's it, isn't it? Like, uh, I don't know if there are uh, many numbers available on, on how many runs a drop costs you. But 
I would imagine that uh, New Zealand are serving themselves a fair few with their with their bucket hands. And in comparison, England's slip catching is in the bottom half of the World Test Championship. And at that point, you're already uh, like you've given the other team a head start. Like you are playing catch up. If you are dropping more catches than the other team, it stands to reason you then have to perform better everywhere else. Yeah. And if we're not doing that... Yeah, you're having to take 24 wickets or 25 wickets in a test match. Well, yeah, uh, and yeah, Especially on a flat it, pitches, right? The, there's, there's some bits where England have come out and said, we want to play on flatter pitches in England, so it prepares us for the Ashes, which is fine. Mm. But, I mean, we, it's, it's, it's not gone well anyway. So uh, <laughs> I look, I'm looking forward to the Ashes, but that's another that's a conversation for another time. Um Max, just to go back to like the bowling front on the kind of seam and um, swing, I thought that Broad actually applied himself as he always does relatively well. Anderson, not the Anderson we were kind of used to seeing, um, looked a little bit tired, a little bit leggy. Mark Wood as well, kind of only a few days between the test matches and comes back to your point again, where if you've got Ollie Stone, you might yeah. not well need... And the, the way he bowled in that test is another... I mean, that's yeah, that's Captain Hindsight speaking, obviously. But the way he bowled just further serves to highlight the the strange decision there was there to to pick him mm-hmm. because he clearly didn't look like the same same guy as he was at Lords. He, he was pretty good with the bat though. I seeing Mark Wood on, on, on that morning rock back and play a late cut over gully yeah. deliberately. I was just like, who who's turned up here? Well, he had that little run, didn't he, in the um in the the World Fifty Over World Cup, or at least it was in the warm-ups, wasn't it, where he basically just came in and started smoking everything all over the park. So he's clearly got clearly got the eye for it, and um and applied himself pretty well in both innings, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, giving some yeah crucial crucial runs for the from the point of view of um, face saving, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think what we can always guarantee for England is that when an opposition batsman turns up and he's a little bit out of form and searching for it, we will duly abide. Um, Ross Taylor, again, got through a pretty anxious start. Uh, I think he ended up about 45 not out of the close of play. He, honestly, the, the atmosphere was, it was like, it was baying for blood when you were in there. And you just <laughs> say, every ball, you were just like, how's this guy not out? But that is that grit, determination, being able, yes, there's a bit of luck involved, but this is, kind of 39, 38-year-old Ross Taylor who's been there, done it thousands of runs and literally looked in kind of fine fettle after that. Yeah, I think we've got him another couple of years in the New Zealand side and uh, and he should be very grateful to us for that. Uh, he's one of those, like, you you want him, he's the kind of guy you want to you want to see him do well, don't you? He's the kind of guy on the opposition team, even though you want to win, you kind of, you don't begrudge him a good innings, like someone like Pajara or... Uh, uh, None of the Australians, but it's um yeah yeah uh, he he did have a, a rough time of it to start with, and he battled through, and uh, that's probably something that maybe some of the England England boys could uh, could learn from. Like we do, like Sibley. To be fair, Sibley and Burns, they they can clearly graft, but there is uh, I don't is it I don't know if it's a mentality thing, whether it's a sort of uh, an age thing. I I don't know, but there does seem to be. Um, it goes a little back a little bit, doesn't it, to the the Bayless days of England when the chips are down. Their response is not to try and grind through it; it's to waft at one outside off stump. Yeah, and that's, and that's we saw a bit sure. of that again. Yeah, we we did, we did. I think uh, we were kind of reverted back to type. And I mean, even even Dob Sibley, I think um, I was reading the BBC article, and he's only passed uh, sixteen twice in eleven innings, so that's not exactly a great run of form either. Um, but as you say, at the top of the order, it is about seeing off the new ball. 
when you're playing the new ball, even on a flat pitch in the opening uh, thing, it is difficult. And I thought Rory Burns and Dom Sibley did that very well in the first first uh, first innings after we won the toss. I mean, it's pretty embarrassing that we lost by an inning, or pretty much, well, by eight wickets, but pretty much by an innings after that. Um, uh, you're a bit of a fan of stats, Max. Um, mm. I and it's not the best stat in the world, but I did like how there was a bit of symmetry between Rory Burns and Dan Lawrence, who got eighty-one and yes. zero uh, respectively, which I thought was quite nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other stuff that I think we should touch upon um, is just knowing your game a little bit better. So Ross Taylor, yes, I think it's difficult to kind of say, oh, Ross Taylor knows his game inside and out, so it's okay. But actually, <laughs> at the age of thirty-eight. <laughs> but yeah, but England's players don't really know their game inside and out. And there is a bit around you have to work it out as you're going, and your your bit around they're just wafting and getting out in the same way. It, it just it rang, I think your point around the Trevor Bayes thing is really really going to hit home. That's so so true, um, and it, it's just that bit around should should we be giving people who are that, like 28, 29, who have been round, they've been dropped, they've kind of gone through the tough times and actually know their game inside and out the other chance or is it kind of I'm not saying you need to bring back James Vince I would love to see mm-hmm. Gary Balance back in the side because I love Gary Balance but do you, do you know what I mean should, should there be a you're, you're you're on the train you've got off at of this station you've got a car to the next one and you're getting back on the England train like what 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 is there that opportunity now or is that is that gone I think uh perhaps if there was an opportunity for that it might have been this series because if you look at how how young it was you know the we're looking at Rory Burns in his 20 odd tests being the second most um, experienced batsman in there. And like Ollie, Ollie Pope being up there in like 20, 23 or something. And it's, um, uh, and, and that's where you think maybe uh, Mr. Trick are bringing in someone with a slightly older head who has, you know, sort of been there and, you know, maybe they've had a go at test cricket, realized that there's a thing that keeps getting them out and done something, um, to uh, to correct it and has then performed really well back in county cricket. And if, if they were good enough to be picked in the first place and then didn't do that well, went back, still scored loads of runs, why, you know, why are they no longer good enough or no longer better than someone who actually doesn't perform as well as them in county cricket who you've just decided, oh, he looks like he could do the part, let's give him a go. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think maybe that's that's perhaps uh, yeah a, a trick missed. But with um, you know Stokes and Butler coming back, I would say there's probably we're probably back to looking at a, a younger head who might be a star for the for the future to fit in around those guys mm. um, with that experience rather than uh, than one of the. I mean, it's, it's David Milan's the name that's started popping up again, isn't it? Because he uh, actually performed really well in that Ashes series when everything went horribly horribly wrong. And he actually looked like he could play in Australia. Yeah, you, um, you can't gear up, right? You can't say every bit of your Test cricket is because it's insulting to India for first and foremost. It's insulting to New Zealand because they are both considerably better Test sides than England are. Regardless, yep. if we won that first Test match, they still are a better Test side than England. Um, but you cannot go around saying Australia and the Ashes is the pinnacle down under. We're going to go and beat them down under. We're not at the moment because we've got a bunch of inexperienced people playing. Like. Playing on bouncy pitches in Australia is difficult. And even like someone like James Vince, as much as people say, oh, he just wafts outside, gets kind of quiet. He's also hit a boatload of runs in Australia. Yes, in mm. different format, but has also tried to go and do it. It's proved that you go do it. David Milan, another one who has the experience of playing out there. I'm just always a little bit 
um, worried that it's it's always it's it's like the Boris Johnson thing. Just just four more weeks or just four more weeks and it'll be fine. It's it's always that bit where you never quite promise it and then just just give us another few months, give us another few months, and we just never truly deliver. And that's been the case for a kind of yeah quite a few years now in the Red Bull game. No, I, I I agree. I think we are we are in danger of sleepwalking into uh, into the ashes, in a in a sort of stupor of five nil and Johnny Bairstow batting at three. Bring back so yeah, when Johnny Bairstow is the answer Red Bull cricket, you know there's a you know there's a problem. Anyway, let's uh, let's wrap this show up. So we've got some Twitter questions. Uh, so Max, first one uh, from looks good on paper. Who are your four bowlers for the Ashes this winter, Max? Ooh, that's a that's a tricky one. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, well let's go. Let's assume assume everyone's fit yep. to start with. We'll do that. So we'll we'll go Archer. Let's, no, let's, just, let's assume they're all they're all right. injured. Darren Stevens, you're on the plane. Yeah, Darren Stevens, uh, Ricky Clark. He's 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 doing well. Um, no, uh, Joffre Archer. I mean, obviously that's yep. like uh, that's a shoe in. Um, and Jack Leach. I think we need you have to play spinner. Need spin, and and it's probably going to be. Be him, that, and then that, 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 before sorry, that is the baffed thing around this as well. That they are saying we are gearing up to play against Australia. Nathan Lyon has taken his bowls yeah. is in every single Australian team. Before that, it was McGill, it was Ward, etc. Like you have to play a spinner, and they're just like, nah, yeah. we know better. Yeah. That yeah. Sorry, uh, so you've got Leech plenty, and Archer. plenty of reasons. To, yeah, Leach and Archer. Um, I'm going to go with Broad. Nice, because okay. uh, he didn't take that many wickets against New Zealand, but he bowled he bowled well. I think he was unlucky. He deserved more. And uh, gonna go Ollie Robinson. Oh, so there's no, no place for Jimmy on the plane. Jimmy's Jimmy's on the plane, oh, he's but a... he's uh, he's he's carrying the drinks in the first test. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've, yeah, you gotta have a bit of controversy if you're gonna answer a question like that. Yeah, yeah. Do, I, I do you want to hear yours? Uh, I think mine. I think um, you need to take that battery of fast bowlers. So I think Ollie Stone, Mark Wood and Archer are all there vying for one or two spaces in there, depending on what the pitch looks like. I completely agree that we need a spinner that goes there. Um, I don't, you, you can't take Don Bess. I, don't, I just don't think you could like, this doesn't offer that control. He'll go all over the place. Based Parkinson? On, yeah, based, based on what Carol, Parkinson is that option. But... Well, there's another man. There's another man who's like, you know, you look at the raw numbers and you're just like, why has he not been given a go? I, I don't think he's even in the um, the limited over stuff against Sri Lanka, you know? I think they've just, we're like, nah. Like, and like, and what, if, what if Adel Rashid's shoulder crumbles? What do we do? Oh, do, do uh, Liam Dawson's the answer. So, um... Well, we've got Livingston, I suppose. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, Art, it'll be Archer, Leach. Um, I, I don't think... Jim, we should take Jimmy Anderson. I don't think he should be on the plane, and that, that's that's wow. a ridiculous thing to say. Wow! But let's let's wrap him in cotton wool. Let's wheel him out in England and wheel him out in kind of for the home ashes. Yeah, and like, we'll let him play till he's like forty-five. Get him to a million Test wickets. It'd be quite funny. Um, and I, I was impressed with Ollie Robinson, um, but I, we need a. He's kind of like he kind of reminds me of um, Ryan Harris. Actually, the kind of way like hitting that kind of a Stuart Clark kind of bowling. So, all right, I think we're probably agreed, Max. Actually, uh, with who, yeah. who, we'd, who we'd take. Um, I do think England will be. Suckered. That's no fun, is it? I do think England will be suckered into playing the fast bowlers. So I do think Mark all of them. Would, I, so I do think someone like Broad might miss out on one or two of the games I, because the they, whacker, mate. Yeah, because they want to just go right. At, go on. at Perth, at Perth, we are going Archer, Stone, and Wood, and it's going to be carnage. Uh, England are all all out for thirty nine, and Australia are seven hundred for four. Um, 
Okay, so I think we've, we've, we've uh, answered that. Um, Gopal has messaged in saying, uh, the England white ball setup led by Morgan credited New Zealand for changing their mindset pre-2019 World Cup. Why is it not being discussed that Red Bull cricket um, or England could learn from New Zealand now? That's a pretty fair comment, I think. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I think if you're uh, if you're a, um, a a sporting team and you have uh, well ideas of becoming the best at something, you have to look at the teams who are better than you. And New Zealand are certainly one of those. So um, that's certainly a thing we need to look at. the The question is that what what aspects of New Zealand do you take on like obviously their um their domestic setup is uh you know a bit probably a bit smaller than um than england's you would you would think and um and you know i don't know a whole lot about it but i i do gather that they sort of went down a route of um actually trying to prepare some sort of flatter decks for their players to bat on to get sort of people into the the test batting um mindset of, of piling on loads of runs and supposedly that's what uh we're doing uh but only for the england team and maybe not the not the county teams i you know i i, I don't know but it's yeah have a little have a little word with them see get some consultants in see what they have to say well i'll see what i can do back uh and then the third one and i don't like to do this max but we get some pretty uh pretty angry people who interact with us on youtube and on twitter and do you know normally all for it um, but we've got a, we've got such an angry follower called Kufax, um, and I need to tell him to chill out. Like, okay. He is battering on about pitches, how England are the devil, Who's, all this kind of pitches? stuff. Pitches? Who's talking about pitches? So, I'll say on this one, saying how life is so unfair. Uh, England have said they are playing on flat pitches to try and get better for Australia, etc., which is fine. We, as a podcast, we are completely against bad pitches for Test cricket. Like Test cricket mm-hmm. lasting two days, awful. Test cricket lasting five days that ends in a horrendous draw where both teams are like five down in each also innings. Awful. Also awful. In this case, people have been talking about England and not the pitch because England were rubbish. We were bowled out for what? We, we set them a target of 40. Like You can't then sit there and be like, are oh, you going to blame the pitch now? No, we're going to blame the players because that they're the people who, who are to blame. This is a little bit different to when England got absolutely wiped out in Ahmedabad. Like it's, it's a completely different scenario. So channel that anger, and I mean this in a nice way, into stop raging on Twitter, into something more productive, um, because it's getting annoying. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's off my chest. Um, and if you like that, let us know. Um, there's a final bit of cricket news, and uh, for us to point a bit of fun at the ECB, um, they've put their foot in it again, haven't they, Max? Oh yeah, is this the, uh, the the pitch for the women's test? Yes, it is. Yeah. That's an absolute disgrace. Like, there aren't any other words for it, are there? It's, it's, it's embarrassing. How how can you sit there and go right? The hundred is really important. One of the main benefits of the hundred is going to be the development of the women's game. Yeah, and then so do you want to do you want to give a quick pricey for the listeners, just in case they aren't up to speed with uh, with what's happened? Absolutely. So England are going to play India in a one-off Test match um, for this. Year. It's probably going to be the only Test match they play. There's been rumblings of there being another Test match, but highly unlikely. Um, and they're going to play it at Bristol because there's a lack of grounds available. Um, and there is a T20 game. Uh, I think the night before the Test match at Bristol, um, and they haven't prepared a new wicket for the women to play on. So they're going to be batting on a used pitch in their only test match in the calendar year um, after, what, a year and a half, two years where the women's game has been decimated because of the pandemic and the lack of investment. 
It's a fucking shambles. Yeah. Uh, what's their excuse? Have they given one? Uh, the, the, lack of foresight, I think. It's just going lack back of to, foresight. Yeah, just be like, oh, it was a mistake. We've made it. We're really, really sorry. Heather Knight was was very diplomatic about it, and I saw Isabel Westwood's yeah. tweet about it. And yeah, they, I would not be that diplomatic. I'd don't be, be, I'd, don't, I'd be, be, don't yeah. be diplomatic. Yeah, I'd be calling there, There's out. no room for diplomacy here. This is your own cricket board throwing you under the bus. Like they've done, they they've organised the game which is great because there isn't enough test cricket in women's cricket. You know, you get the the one in the ashes, um, which is, you know, it's a spectacle because it never bloody happens. And it was great to have, great to have the uh, Indian team come over and mm. play England. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the other thing is, you know, you've got, you've agreed to play this game with the, uh, with the BCCI and got the Indian team to come over and you're welcoming them. And you're saying, Oh, by the way, we're playing on a pitch that the, that was used in the blast last night. Sorry. I, what kind of what kind of image does that project as well to to your to your visitors? It's it's unbelievable, and I don't for a second believe they didn't have enough time to try and uh, you know work their way around it because they've had several months. Yeah, yeah, they they I mean yeah, it was it was like a kind of a last minute thing that they put together, but it's not like they did they you know decided it last week. Yeah, they 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 had plenty of time to say, oh by the way, groundsman, can you? Uh, can you prepare a pitch for this? Because uh, you know we want it. To, we want a nice, good quality uh, pitch for this uh, very important game of um, women's cricket. But but no, yeah, it's just embarrassing. And uh, yeah, they need to have a, a long, hard look at themselves and then uh, sort it out. Um, mm. Anyway, well, we've gone from saying that pitches aren't important to pitch has been really important in the space of uh, 30, 30 seconds. But uh, that's what we do. Um, a final reminder That's cricket that is cricket baby um, a final reminder that we will be going live on YouTube tomorrow evening to preview the World Test Championship between India and New Zealand um, thank you ever so much for tuning in um, we hope you've enjoyed it uh, you should leave a comment um, and criticise Kufax on our Twitter if, uh, if, if that's your thing <laughs> um, don't, don't really do that bullying is not allowed um, see you later bye listening to the cricket podcast i think it was a disgraceful performance and i think it should never be permitted to happen again that is very good sports social podcast network